It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi there, friends. This is Laura Pereno. I'm with Debbie Kiever, and we are happy to be with you today as we are in a new podcast series this month called Unmasked. We had so much fun last week looking at the life of Mephibosheth, and many of us don't know much about his story, but wow, we found out that he was carrying a label, an identity that kind of had stuck to him for a long time, and he needed to get that label or that mask, we could say in this season, uh, taken off in order to really live the full life that he was called to live. And so we had a lot of takeaways from that lesson for ourselves. We don't want to be people who are bound Uh, by any kind of masks that we have on. We want them off and we want to be living the fullness of the life that God has created us to live. Today we're going to look at a new story, a new individual in the Bible who also had some masks in their story, but you're going to see we're actually going to look at it from a little bit of a different uh, twist or swing than we did last week. We're going to look at the story of Esther. If you have read the story of Esther or if you watched a movie about her, wow, Esther is this amazing mystery story. It's a romance. Uh, There are schemes going on. There are plots going on. There are people making plans. Uh, There's a lot of hidden identity. Uh, Lots of stuff going on in this story. And honestly, it makes for a great thriller, which I guess that's why so many people have made movies or written books about it. But one thing we find out in Esther's story, and we're going to go into this later on as we kind of dig deep into the Bible today, we're going to see that there's no mention to God, right? There's mystery, romance, scheming, and, and hiding, but there's no mention of God. There's no mention of the things that Jewish people did on a regular basis, like offerings and sacrifices. It's a different kind of book for the Bible, uh, but God has a lot of important stuff for us to take away from it today. Well, if we needed to do like a Spark Notes version, just to, for those who are like, I don't really have not read the book of Esther before. Let me just give you some basic uh, information about it. Esther was a young Jewish girl who was being raised by her cousin Mordecai in the land of Persia. Now, this is not a this is not their hometown. This is not a Jewish culture. This is uh, under a different king. It's, it's not a culture that celebrates. Um, Yahweh, you know, as the one true God. And she is captured. She's literally taken by the king's um, soldiers as part of this collection of young virgins who are now going to be in a competition to be selected. One of them is going to be selected to be the new queen, queen, (laughs) the new queen of Persia crazy thing she's going through a beauty pageant basically with preparation for a year and she is selected by the king to be the new um, queen of persia now all this is being uh is happening in her life while she is staying silent about the fact that she is a jewish heritage her cousin mordecai gave her this instruction you were to tell nobody that you are Jewish. So that's a one piece of the story. But meanwhile, there's always like in a good novel, right? There's always different storylines that are taking place. There is a very high ranking official in uh, the empire named Haman. And Haman likes to be the center of attention. And he also hates the Jewish people. So there's a plot that is developing through the story where Haman 
um, is trying to get some uh, decrees by the king to destroy all of the Jewish people. Well, the challenge is that the queen very secretly, secretively is Jewish. And so Mordecai gets involved um, telling Esther, maybe this is there's a reason why you are queen at this time to save your people. And without being that, well, I guess that's not without being, I am going to be the spoiler. If you've never read the book before, Haman ends up uh, being exposed for the creep that he is. And he ends up uh, being killed. Esther is used by God to save her people. And Mordecai ends up in a very high ranking position in the country and she's a hero and, and they celebrate they celebrate that festival today absolutely uh a couple of years back deb you know uh, my husband and i used to travel a lot and we were on a trip to israel and you know it's not it's one thing for us uh in october we're talking about masks it's one thing for us toward the end of the month to see people on you know october 31st walking around with masks in order to get, you know, candy from doors. But when I was in Israel, I noticed that like all day long this one day and all night long and the next day, people were walking around in costume and people were walking around in masks. When I asked about it later on, someone told me it was the festival or the celebration of Purim. Now Purim is a celebration, a festival in Israel that's based on the life of Esther and the fact that God's people were saved you know they were they were allowed to live they conquered they had victory over this situation with haman and it's actually called the festival of masks now we love the story of esther with our concept or our theme of unmasked because the story of esther is actually a story of great reversals everybody starts off as one thing in the story and ends up as something or someone else in a different position whatever that looks like you know the king uh he looks strong but we find out that he's actually a man who was really uh led by his leaders mordecai goes from sitting in sackcloth to someday being exalted hadassah uh, Esther goes from living with her uncle to living in the palace. It's constantly unmasking, unmasking, unmasking a different part of who each individual is. And it all goes back really to this festival of Purim, this celebration that they have. It was so interesting to be there and now to read Esther's story and see that, wow, like literal masks are a part of the story of Esther. <laughs> You kept using the word unmasked, unmasked. I mean, when you look that word up, Laura, it means to reveal the character or the truth of mm -hmm. one that is hidden underneath. And so there are many truths in this story of Esther that are going to be unmasked, not all at once. They start, it's like almost like in a sequence um, that's part of the intrigue, you know, of the story. And there are, I think there's going to be some cool parallels in our own lives where there are things that maybe we are experiencing uh, understandings that we have about ourselves, about God, about other people in our lives that we actually don't know the truth. And so God will allow circumstances to unmask, to reveal the, the true character, the true truth of, of who he is or who we are, or maybe perhaps who somebody else is who has been posing as uh, somebody that they're not. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things I love about Esther's story. Everybody has a mask taken off and we find out who they are in the end. But at the same time, God has so many other things masked for us as we go through this journey together. Now, it's important to remember that God's people in this time, they're not in Israel. They're no longer in the promised land. They're in a land called Persia years before they had been exiled. And now they're in a place uh, where they didn't expect to be. Some people have, have stayed there longer, but they could look at their story of exile and finding themselves ruled by the Persian king, you know, under the Persian, let's say, flag. And they could kind of look at their story and they could say, wow, uh, God, where are you? Uh, as I referenced in the beginning of this episode, you don't see the name God written in Esther's story. So it's almost like, it's almost like if you just looked at the words, that there's a mask here, that God is hidden in this story, that he needs to be uncovered from the story. And so I can see the Hebrew people in this season of their life, possibly. Here's another group of people that are going to want to bring them down, like you just alluded to. Man, God, are you in this story? Like, are you missing from the story? But what we find out in the book of Esther, and I really, I know this is one of the reasons why God put the book of Esther in, in the Bible, is we may not see the words G-O-D written on the page, right? But there's a word, and it's, it's providence, we see God's providence unmasked in the pages of the book of Esther. Providence is a Latin word. It kind of means to see ahead. And then you can't miss that word provide in the beginning of providence. We know what provide means. So here's God. We don't see his actual name. We don't hear him actually referenced or mentioned. But he is there. He knows what's ahead. And he is providing for his people along the way. His providence has always been there. And so many times, uh, you know, one of the Jewish people could look and say, well, that just happens, or it's just by coincidence, or it's just by luck, or all those different things that we can be tempted to say. No, God's providence is unmasked in this story. And I think we're going to kind of see that there's an unmasking of that in our lives as well. I think uh, each of us at some point has said, God, where are you? You know, when it's it, when things we've prayed for are not answered, you know, when when suddenly you get that phone call of an unexpected thing that is is tragic, you know, you watch the news and your your heart is wrenching over uh, the turn of events and you're asking yourself, is he really here? Is he really answering my prayers? Is he really uh, moved by my circumstances? Because we maybe you can't see his big picture. Maybe you can't feel his presence. It doesn't mean he's not there, or that he's not aware of everything about everything in your life, right. past, present, and future. He's fully aware of it. But at the moment, you're going, God, I think you forgot me. Yes. You know, and then it doesn't help when you look around and you see other people who are asking God for things and he's moving yes. in that moment, in that time. And, and it just makes you feel even more alone. And man, the enemy comes in there and he begins to whisper in your ear that you don't count as much. He loves the other person better. And, and look how God is not in control of your life. And, and, and that's a vulnerable place. That's yes. a very vulnerable place. Like he's not even in your story. Yeah, absolutely. And Debbie, you just, you said a word quite a few times there and that was you feel. Right. right? 
you feel like you're alone. You feel like God has left your story. And our feelings, we know, right? We can't trust them. They are going to be one way one day and one way the next. And this is where, when we come into these seasons where we say, God, are you really in my story? Uh, God, have you abandoned me? Where are you in this, this difficult place? Um, where we have to go back to the word because it's the only thing that does not change. Our feelings change all the time, but the word of God never changes. And so we can go into the word of God and we can find multiple times where the Lord tells us, I am with you. In fact, Deuteronomy 31, 8 comes to mind. It says, it is the Lord who goes before you. He will be with you. I love this. He will not leave you. He will not forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. I, he never leaves us, Deb. Whether we can see his actual hand at, at work or moving in our story, he never leaves us whether we feel it or not. In his providence, he remains who he is, whether we consider him to be present or not. I think this all, so many of the things we get ourselves wrapped up in, right? It really doesn't matter what our feelings or opinions are. <laughs> we just gotta go back to the truth. Nothing is coincidence or luck in our situation. He's always right there with us. He's providential. And that's really, we've just got to hold on to the truth of the word when we find ourselves in these moments where we feel otherwise. And if we're looking at what else is, has been masked that God wants to unmask, uh, I think another thing is masked is God's people. The Jewish people were masked. I mean, Mordecai said to Esther, you stay quiet. Mm -hmm. Do not reveal your Jewish heritage at all. Mm -hmm. Keep it, keep it under the radar. Uh, and when you read through the book of Esther, like you said, there's no reference to God. There's no reference to the sacrifices or people praying or prophets speaking. And yet these, these are, these are God's people. It's Laura, even King Darius had decreed that the Jewish people, if they wanted to, could go back to Jerusalem. Well, if you're going to go back to Jerusalem, then you're kind of identifying I'm Jewish. Mm -hmm. You know, you're yes. standing up and yes. saying, yes, that is my home. And yes, I want to go back. But there were so many people that stayed mm -hmm. so many people that decided to stay in Persia, which was not a country bathed in um, serving one God. Yes. And they had many gods in, in Persia. They found themselves really like in the land of compromise. Mm -hmm. You know, I have now gotten comfortable in a foreign land that no longer worships God, no longer uh, follows the commands and does the sacrifices and the holy days. And I'm not just not part of my lifestyle anymore. They had compromise and their, their Jewishness, you know, their, mm -hmm. what made them stand apart, no longer made them stand apart. Man, if that is not convicting. Yeah, it's really kind of hard to go there on this one, Debbie. Yeah. To be honest with you. The Bible says we're in the world, but we're not of it. But when <laughs> we make a choice, yeah, you hear my slow speaking here, right? When, when you make a choice to live in a way that is contrary to the word of God, right? When we make a choice to step into compromise, in effect, we are putting a mask on ourselves and blending in with Persia around us. Yep. And we are no longer looking like the distinct people of God that we are created to be. You know, we cannot uh, go into a into a party, into the Purim party with everybody masked and just look like everybody else. We have to 
uh, be in the world, but not of it. We have to look different because we follow a different king, right? We follow a different, we're from a different kingdom. We have to look different. We don't want to be people who compromise anything in our lives because compromise keeps us masked, keeps us from living and being distinctively part of the people of God. I think one of the big challenges for for all of us, I mean, as a culture, as an individual, is that the standard of what is God's um, description of holy has changed. You know, it, we've just pick and choose which yes. which lifestyles are consistent with the word. First Peter 1 16 does not leave any wiggle room. Be holy as I am holy. Absolutely. You know, God is God's standard is pureness. It's it's blamelessness. It's holiness. And and where where do you draw this line where you say, well, it is 2021. Things are different and uh, it's okay to you know, move away from that standard of holiness a little bit. It's like, no, God's like, I haven't changed at all. So he says, I want you to live um, authentic lives. I want you to live holy, pure lives because I'm holy and I live in you. You need to represent well who it is that lives inside of you. So why do we wear other masks that really confuse people because we're saying we're part yeah. of the kingdom of God. We're a child of God. And do you ever get that person that kind of raises their eyebrows at you? Like, mm. wow, really? Or mm. like so-and-so goes to my church or they're in Bible study and the person's reaction is so authentic. They go, really? Like that's the same person. Now yes. what, what's causing them to say that something does not line up. Yep. You know, something does not line up. And, and Esther, she was not telling people about her Jewish faith. Now, why? Why was that? Was it because of being afraid of being found out? You know, was it being thrown out of the, you know, this contest to be queen? Um, maybe it's because she was really submissive to Uncle Mordecai and he said, don't you tell anybody. Mm -hmm. And she followed through. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'll tell you that that's very convicting for me. <laughs> and I think that uh, I'm sure it is for all of us. We just want to be people who we want to look, we want to look at different, shine that light of Christ, right? Be the salt and the light. Salt and light looks different. And so, wow. Okay. That is a mask that I certainly don't want to wear. I definitely want to be somebody who is uh, looking like Jesus in my the places where I am. Well, the third thing that we see unmasked in Esther's story, and I think, honestly, Deb, this is one of those things that hits me at home sometimes, is it seems to be that God's plan is masked, that God's plan is hidden. Uh, as we look at the, the word here, Haman, we see Haman planning a plot against God's people. So we see the enemy planning a plot against people. We see a scheme being devised. Like we can say a weapon being formed against God's people, right? So from outside the palace or from inside the palace, it would look like, wow, there is something that is going to come against God's people. And God does not have a plan in the middle of this to protect his people or take care of them. It would seem like God's plan was masked, but what they didn't know, right? When they see this plan unfolding for evil is that God was in the palace, providentially, right? In the palace, raising up the most unlikely young woman to take her position in order to protect and preserve the life of the people of God. 
God had a plan in Esther's story. And while the people couldn't see it, it's just like with the feelings we just talked about. All because you can't see it. It does not mean it is not there, right? God had a plan all the time and he does for us. as well. You know, my dad uses this um, example of a small drinking straw. Like you look through it, you know, just kind of picture the small scope of what you can see with the small drinking uh, straw. And you ask somebody, is there anything else in the scene? And they're like, no, nope, I can only see that. But we know that there's this pano view of the scene around them, but they're so limited in what they're able to see. I think that's, in a way, that's a comforting thought because like you're talking about God sees the whole plan. He's not asking us to see the whole picture. He's asking us to trust him with what we see. That's right. That little piece, knowing that he sees the whole thing. I mean, Esther, she had no idea. Laura, she had no idea when she entered that palace or let's put it back a little further, when she gets captured by a soldier and whisked away, she gets brought in for a year of training of how to be queen-like, right? Beauty pageant stuff that she had no idea that God was positioning her to save his people. I mean, if you had told this young girl, hey, look, it's all going to come down to you. Do you think she would have <laughs> would have been able to be ready for that or not? She probably didn't understand why she was there. But when the, the moments, the pieces started to unfold, it's that aha moment that, oh, now I'm starting to see this. And I think in our lives, there are many times that we, we don't see God's plan, but we are trusting that as he begins to reveal, uh, the little light bulb goes off and you go, oh, he did prepare me for this. As mixed up as something's felt like it was before, how, does, how is he going to make sense of this? How is God going to turn something so horrible into something amazing? How is he going to bring broody, uh, beauty out of it? But he unmasks it slowly, intentionally at a certain time, primarily so that we will learn to trust him in the journey. Wow, Deb, I love this. Honestly, I love every single piece of this because it speaks to so many of us in our lives. You know, God is never masked. He's always in our story. We don't want to be masked. We want to be people that don't uh, compromise and live for him. And certainly we want to believe and we know that God always has a plan, even when it seems like it's hidden and we can't see it. Now we referenced, uh, as we wrap up, we referenced earlier in this episode that Esther uh, Hadassah, her name actually was in the beginning, she was living in a difficult season in life. She was living in a time of exile. I love going to look at individuals' names in the Bible. And the name Hadassah actually means uh, myrtle tree. Now the myrtle tree is a very, very fragrant tree. And the name Esther, actually means star. But there's a, a word very similar to that word in the original language. It's spelled S-T-R and it actually means to be hidden or to be concealed. And as we wrap up today, I just have one super quick thought, right? If, the, if Hadassah the myrtle tree is the most fragrant of all the bushes and you have Esther, the one who is concealed and hidden in a challenging situation in her life, a place she wasn't expected, we find ourselves quite often as women who follow our king in unexpected situations, challenging situations. But I want to encourage you, we want to encourage you as we uh, close out today, 
that regardless of the challenge that you're in, you are not concealed or hidden from what the Lord has for you. You are not concealed or hidden from him. And in addition to that, just as the myrtle bush, Hadassah is the most fragrant of bushes, you are the aroma of Christ. And in your challenging situation, when we follow Jesus, guys, that aroma cannot be hidden. You cannot mask a fragrance. So an encouragement for you today is if you if you are encouraged today because you've been challenged about finding God in your story, if possibly, I don't know, you've been playing around with compromise or you're you're struggling in some areas in your life or you're wondering what's God's plan to rectify or reconcile the situation that I'm in. I guess the word for today is Esther would say, in your challenging place, when you seem hidden, when things seem concealed and you can't figure it out, don't mask the aroma of Christ, right? Walk in the way you were called to walk. Be the aroma of Christ. Shine the light on Jesus. Let people smell that aroma of Christ and let that draw them to him. Esther never stopped being Hadassah and your challenging situation, your situation where you feel hidden or concealed, never keeps you from being who you were called to be, the aroma of Christ. Different name, different address for Esther but she could not stop being the fragrance that she carried. And it's the same thing with us today. You know, Laura, the thing that we absorb a smell, right? If you eat a lot of garlic mm-hmm. or you eat a lot of uh, like Indian spices, it, it's just kind of out of your pores. It comes from being immersed in that smell for a period of time. And as we continue on in our studies uh, next week, we're going to look at Mary, Mary Magdalene, who spent a lot of time in the presence of Jesus. And the longer she stayed in his presence, the more her aroma started to take on a characteristic of Jesus. Yes, And it comes from the, the time that she would spend with him. But when that in the unmasking part of her story, the longer she spent in his presence, the more she started to see who Jesus was more clearly and that versus what she might've thought he was like. And, and the longer she was with him and saw him more clearly in turn, she began to see herself more clearly and, and be able to step into the purpose that, that she was created for. So for us, if we want that aroma of Christ, we need to be hanging out with, you know, with him. It's like spending time with, um, a woman whose certain perfume reminds you of her, mm-hmm. you know, you're wearing her coat, you smell that, that aroma. The more we spend time with him, it unmasks the truth, yes. you know, Amen. what is really there um, about him and about us. And so next week, as we dive into our next special guest <laughs> of Mary Magdalene, I know she's one of your favorite special guests her. that's a study. Yeah. yeah. You almost sound like you had lunch with her yesterday. <laughs> But um, you've had, you've spent a lot of time with her, right? And that's why you feel like you know her pretty well. So it's I'm just enjoying these special guests this month. So we thank you, listeners, for joining us this week as we take took a look at Esther uh, from Laura, from Debbie, and the team at Beyond the Building. We just so appreciate. Uh, you being faithful listeners, please feel free to share this uh, with your friends. For those who you say, you know what, I think this would be an encouragement to them. We are enjoying building this community. So thank you for joining us today. We pray for you. We love you. Have an amazing rest of your day. 
God bless you. Take care. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that He has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.